We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The margin of error in the NFL is shorter. It's seven, eight plays a game tops are what dif- differentiates winning from losing. And everyone in the league in the division got better. So maybe instead of seven or eight, it's four or five plays that are going to make the difference in every single game. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts or on our YouTube channel, all over social media, or our morning newsletter, KCSN Daily, dedicated to your Kansas City Chiefs. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome into 21 Questions, a podcast by KCSN subscribers for KCSN subscribers as you guys get to answer, ask us all the questions that we get to answer here. And I'm joined with uh, creator, founder, um, CEO, uh, extraordinaire, czar, BJ Kissel of KC Sports Network. BJ, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. And speaking of Czar and all those things, Tucker, we can't forget to mention uh, our presenting sponsor of 21 Questions, and that is McAdoodles. And we had said all last year that the goal was to bring a McAdoodles to Kansas City, and there is a McAdoodles coming to Kansas City. There's one coming to Lee Summit, maybe more in the future, and we will be doing a live show from the Osage Beach McAdoodles later this month. More information on that later, but... um, it's always good to see you. It's not like I don't talk to you like six times a day anyway. And now we get to do it answering some other people's questions instead of our own. Yeah, it is. It's a good to be good. Now, Craig was supposed to be doing this episode, but Elon Musk got a little busy, needed Craig's help. So um, he called yeah. on Craig. Craig couldn't be here. Uh, Craig had to go to the moon, I guess. And there's no Wi-Fi up on the moon. And I might need him to come to my house and fix the Wi-Fi because it's been incredibly frustrating uh, so far. So uh, we'll get this going here. uh, And there are some Craig-specific questions. We'll just glance over. We'll just, like, not answer those and just have Craig on next week is what the plan will be. Sure. So uh, Zach Eisen asks, who's the most impressive player you saw at camp who is on the bubble, BJ? Ooh, who's on the bubble? Ooh, that Mm -hmm. threw a wrench right at the end of that question. Um, 
I wouldn't say he would have been on the bubble, but you look at the running backs group and we've been talking about him. Charles Goldman's going to write about him later today on our, on our Substack newsletter. Uh, but Isaiah Pacheco, uh, the seventh round rookie running back, we knew that he was one of the most athletic, fast, quick running backs. We had a chance to talk with him out at the Shrine Bowl when we were out in Las Vegas last January. And it wasn't anything negative about Isaiah Pacheco other than the fact that he was a rookie seventh round pick. And even the draft or the, the round doesn't really matter but you're talking about a rookie running back coming into a, a room that's got you know Clyde Edwards Hilaire who's going to be the guy regardless of how people some Chiefs fans think about him they this that like Clyde Edwards Hilaire is going to be the guy uh for this season and then you've got Ronald Jones who they signed who's got some juice uh he's only 25 years old which blows my mind when I see that uh and then Jarek McKinnon who provided a little spark in the playoffs for the Chiefs last year with what 350 yards from scrimmage in their three playoff games. So, you know, those three guys right there. And generally over the last several years, the chiefs have only kept three running backs uh, plus a fullback and Michael Burton. So just from a pure number standpoint, unless one of those top three guys wasn't going to be on the team, I thought Isaiah Pacheco was going to be fighting for the ability to make this roster wrote it, talked about that on case he has an update. And then Dave Tove gets up the next day and says, he's our number one kick returner. So Isaiah Pacheco would be my guy. And he made the play of camp so far on that uh, wheel route, um, you know, during camp yesterday that, you know, our guy, uh, Eddie got a video of um, out at camp. So Isaiah Pacheco would be my answer. What about you, Tuck? Yeah, I really like uh, Pacheco. Um, I think on the bubble, you start looking at, at the wide receiver room too. That one's going to be uh, full of a lot of bubble guys. And Therese Fountain, I think, even got mentioned by Dave Tobe, so that's really good uh, for him, and I think that there's been some conversations there. Jody Fortson, I wouldn't necessarily call him on the bubble either, but he yeah. looked really good before he got the quad injury. I think kind of people kind of forgot you know, what he did before he had that season-ending injury. Um, man, Leo Chanel's look really good. Elijah Lee, I know that there's been some talks about uh, Chanel Lee in that starting position there, and I really mm -hmm. like what, what Lee's been able to do. Um, and, and there's guys too, like DiCaprio Boodle. I think that's a guy that's, that's on the bubble. And I think he's been, he's been able to play himself into uh, a special teams role at least. And he's been able to show that he is, you know, for lack of a better term, competent on defense that they can keep him on yeah. the roster and keep him to be a special teams player. Yeah. Dave Tobe's going to make the difference. And that's why you love yeah. when Dave Tobe talks to the media and the media knows he's going to tell you, <laughs> you're going to get more actual information from Dave Tobe than probably any other presser uh, for the chiefs during training camp. Uh, Dave's awesome. So it's great to get like that information out there and know how, know where guys actually stand. Absolutely. And here's kind of another question here. Who are you excited, most excited to watch in the first preseason game for me? It's Matt Bushman. I know that that tight end room I just talked about it is crowded. It's it. There's a lot of guys in there, but Matt Bushman could could help make himself a team. All thir 31 teams are watching these games, um, yeah. and now it's it's a tryout for him. And he's made some great catches, made some great plays. I think it's kind of like the running back room. I just think there's too many cooks in the kitchen for Matt Bushman mm -hmm. to make this team. Um, so so we'll see how that goes. Who are you looking forward to, BJ? Well, Pacheco would answer, but we got to yeah. mix it up a little bit here. Uh, Leo Chanel. I mean, he's my guy on draft night. You know, I said, like, this guy's going to be a fan favorite. You watch his highlights, you see how he plays, and you know what makes Arrowhead so special. I mean, that mystique of Arrowhead was built off of defense and guys making mm -hmm. plays on defense. No offense, Patrick Mahomes, the offense, that's amazing, but nothing gets Arrowhead louder than a third and long situation and when your defense is out there setting the tone. And Leo Chanel is a tone setter. And oh, yeah. the way that – I don't know if there's a guy that I've seen – um, not that I'm any kind of an expert from all the highlights and all the tape of college guys we've watched, you get within five yards, his ability to close on a ball carrier and bring him down is as fast as 
I've seen from a player at his position. You know, we put out that video on our Twitter account uh, of him coming down on uh, Juju Smith-Schuster on a little right. zone short throw, and it looked like he he was ready to hit. And I'm excited to see that because the first few times that he lays one of his hits, you know, that you know kind of made his college career made you know the death row on the arm and all of that kind of thing first time he makes a couple of those plays coming downhill and loses his mind Chiefs fans are absolutely going to fall in love with that dude so I'm I'm here to see it during the preseason and to your point you know him and Elijah Lee two different kind of players um, yeah. two different chess pieces for Steve Spagnolo, and similar to the you know the People talk about the wide receiver room. You want a basketball team. You know, you want a point guard, a power. You want different styles. Same thing on defense. You don't want all of your outside linebackers, everybody to fit the same exact mold. You want to be able to play matchups each week. And Elijah Lee does that. I watched him in high school. I watched him, obviously, in college at K-State. Uh, it's awesome to see a hometown kid, a great kid, um, you know, get his opportunity. And him and Leo Chanel, like, those are two different nice pieces for Steve Spagnuolo. Yeah, 100%. Next question here from Bruce in the Fort. Is anyone a trade candidate in the wide receiver room? I don't think they're going to make a I don't think they're going to make a move there uh necessarily. Would I be surprised? No, but I think that the wide receiver room, I don't think they're going to be trading anyone away. What do you think, PJ? I don't know what other team that you're not trading MVS, you're not trading Juju. Right. Um I don't think they're going to trade McColl. Um and I don't obviously not trading Sky Moore or anything like that. So right. If Josh Gordon goes off in the preseason, maybe we haven't really seen a lot from him uh, so far, but we know the talent is there. So if he flashes that, could somebody maybe give up a really late round pick? Maybe. But if he doesn't go off, they're going to sit back and be like, I don't think he's going to make the roster. Why would we give up a resource Mm -hmm. or a draft pick for them? And so it's kind of the same with all the other guys on the team. Uh, The only position you could really see a team wanting to give up, you know, compensation for, I'd say is running back. You know, if yeah. if couple, some team lose a couple running backs and Jarek McKinnon sitting there or Derek Gore, um, not that he's shown a ton, you know, showed some juice last year, uh, but he's also 27 years old uh, for a running back. So I don't I don't see it happening at either one of those positions, especially wide receiver, just because I'm not sure other teams wouldn't just wait to see who gets cut around the league. Yeah, I think that that's kind of it too. You know, who who can you really give up to get something back? Who who are other teams going to be wanting to get? And you mentioned those top end guys. Those would be really the only guys. No offense to you know any other guy on the team, but teams aren't going to give up assets for a guy who is you know you're talking about 45 man on the roster. You're getting close to the 50th man on the roster. So uh, that's just yeah. that's just what I'm thinking here. Zach Smyrna asks, asks this, BJ. This is a question for you. Okay. Uh, on a scale of dumbass lap around Arrowhead in a bus to actual Super Bowl victory parade, how triumphant will BJ's victory lap on Frank Clark the person be if he completes his redemption arc this season? I don't hold Frank's production on the field to the way that I feel about him and what he's brought to the Chiefs. Um, it's probably the most succinct. I don't think I've ever said it that way, but that's how I feel. I had a chance to be around him and I'm not trying to be like that. I know him. I don't, I am hanging out with him. I'm not texting him. It's not like that. I just saw what he was about when he was there. I saw the things that he played through and I had seen it for the years past and other people that had played, you know, the same position and just you talk about leadership in different ways. I was fortunate enough to get that perspective, just like Mitch Holtis and Matt McMullen and everybody who's in that locker room gets to see that perspective. And not that Frank doesn't have his stuff. And I'm not going to speak to the things that he spoke about. Cause I don't know about those things. Um, I saw the man that, was helpful to his teammates that was, you know, kind and gracious with the media. I'd be really surprised if any of the media would say anything. Cause Frank will stand there and answer your questions. If he plays bad, he'll stand there in the locker room and answer your questions. And that's not always the case. 
And I respect that because I know it's not always that way. And so my victory lap won't be for me being right. It'll be for the shit that that dude has been through in his life, not just with the chiefs, but in his life um, to, to go out there and find success and to go from the highest of highs, get paid, get traded, come be a part of the super bowl championship team uh, and then struggle uh, for a lot of different reasons and a lot of different ways. And then to come back from that, the redemption story is awesome, but it's more for the person than, you know, the production that he has out on the field. Cause I'll respect what he brought and what I saw from him uh, when I was around him. So everybody's entitled to their opinion. I get it. Um, but that's the guy, same thing with Tyron. Like I saw mm-hmm. with those two dudes coming into that locker, Anthony Hitchens is the same way. Um, they changed everything on that side of the ball as much as, you know, Patrick Mahomes did uh, from a leadership perspective. Yeah, I'm excited to see what Frank Clark has in store this year. He looks good. Looks real, real lean, real skinny, man. healthy. Oh, uh, it's it's going to be exciting to see. He, you already saw his speed rush he had on Roderick Johnson on one-on-ones the other day. So get to see that speed, and I'm, I'm excited to see that translate to the field. Um, Isaac Hugh, he asked, is there any hypothetical reason for us out-of-staters to be in KC in October right around the Bills game? <laughs> Who asked that question? Tucker. His name is Isaac. Uh-huh. Uh, yes. I didn't. Uh, there will be a reason if you are um, a golfer to want to be here around that time. We have some more information uh, coming out later. Not quite ready for that yet. Um, but yes, if you want to come in town for the Bills game, I'd recommend coming in on Saturday if you like to golf. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, back to the football questions here. Uh-huh. Cote, Cote Great Knight question from Isaac. You guys just can't just wait for some things to come <laughs> I'm getting very it. impatient. Listen, this is the first time Kent, I've been in the Discord all week. Can't Kent Isaac again. Swanson. <laughs> Cote 19, who starts on the defensive line week one and who rotates in? Listen, I'm no Craig Stout. Um, I realize that, but I'm going to give this my best my best crack at it. I think you got to have Frank Clark. Um, we've, seen, we've seen a lot of Mike Dana on the inside. So it wouldn't shock me if you go uh, with, you know, uh, Frank Clark, Mike Dana, Chris Jones. I'm going to, I'm going to say it, BJ George Karloftis. Yeah. Opening drive starter, George Karloftis on that other side. I'd be surprised if it wasn't. And you've got a physical presence like Karloftis out there. You can put somebody a little quicker on the inside with Mike Dana. I'd, yeah. They're going to move those guys around. I don't know oh, if it yeah. matters who starts because three plays later, they're rotating the next guys in. <laughs> Carlos Dunlap will be in there. And I think in mm-hmm. talking with Brandon Thorne, he was mentioning, and I thought it was really, really insightful information from Brandon when we spoke oh, yeah. about, you know, he played 35% of the snaps, Carlos Dunlap uh, last year, which isn't unheard of. Most defensive linemen aren't playing more than 50, right. 60% of the snaps anyway. And so it's not a knock to say that, you know, he's playing 35%. But when Carlos Dunlap spoke with the media, he talked, I mean, he basically spoke to that point. I don't know if that was from the negotiations with his agent and Brett and the money based on snap count and usage and, you know, snap count equals value in a lot of ways with some of those contract discussions. How much are you out on the field? Now, Carlos Dunlap was very effective when he was out there about 35% of the time. So is he going to play more than 35% of the snaps? Is he a third down pass rushing specialist? How do they kind of, you know, break up those snap counts and those packages? They have just Steve Spagnolo and, you know, those position group coaches, but um, yeah, I, I don't see Carlos Dunn not necessarily starting the first game out there. Um, Cause I don't think that's necessarily his role. I think Carl Loftus will play more snaps, but um, Carl Loftus, based on what we've seen, there's no reason to think that he is not impressing uh, upon the already high expectations that people had for him. This dude is fun to watch. Oh yeah. And you saying the percentage of snap counts, maybe you want to look this up. 
Um, last year, Mike Dana had 47% of the snaps. Uh, Alex Okafor had 41%. So if he comes in and fills that Alex Okafor of the 41%, yeah. uh, George Karloff just comes in at 47%. I think that, that, that they're sitting real, real good in that situation. Um, you know, other DNs, you had Demoni Harris with one and, you know, Josh Kendall with four. What so was Chris I mean, Jones? Chris Jones was uh, 56. Frank Clark okay. was 58. Um, yeah. Now, so, was that the highest? Yes. Frank Chris, at 58? Yeah, Frank yeah. at 58, yep. That's crazy. And I used to – we. Not to go off tangent here, but he's yeah. talked to Nick Leckie about that all the time. Because, and even I've talked to Mitch Schwartz when I was at the Chiefs about how, as an offensive lineman, you have to save your energy. You can't mm-hmm. go balls to the wall in every single play because you don't get a break. Whereas on the defensive side, those guys can go as hard as they want because three plays, they're tired. The next guy's coming in, unless you know the offense goes no huddle, <laughs> those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, fifty-eight percent of the snaps for the most snaps played, uh, percentage-wise. Uh, it's crazy when you think about how many guys you need to rotate. So it doesn't matter who's starting. Those guys are coming in and out all the time. Same thing on the offense. Depends what personnel package you're in as far as who's technically getting the start. All right, here we go. Next question from Dustin. Uh, if you could only go to one game this season, which would it be? And I assume he's talking about a regular season game, but I'm going to Maddie answer this and just say the Super Bowl. <laughs> you're just trying to make this the quick one. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I wasn't going to bring a game at Arrowhead. I'd say Cincy. I'd oh, go to yeah, Cincy and go to that one because beat us twice, ended our season. Everybody's still pretty pissed. Um, if you really think about it, I mean, we were in Las Vegas at the Shrine Bowl watching the game uh, with a bunch of Chiefs fans at the Chiefs bar out there, and that was miserable. And so that pretty much put a damper on about the next few days uh, when we were out there, and we were out there a long time. But uh, to me, going to Cincinnati, they're a team that they fix their offensive line. Uh, this offseason, they put some resources into that, and that was really the the one area of the team, among anything else, that really struggled. Joe Burrow's a stud. Jamar Chase is arguably one of the top three receivers in football right now. I don't think that's a hot take for anyone who's watched what that dude has done. Um, and so they're absolutely going to be a problem. And going into their house and you know, kind of reestablishing ourselves as the top team in the AFC, um, you need to do that. I mean, Chiefs fans are going to think we're the best team in the AFC. We can, but the one team that has it on us that can say it and we – there's nothing you can do is Cincinnati. They beat us when it mattered. And so going to their house and, and beating them, even though it's the regular season, that's the one I'd want to go to. Yeah. I mean, they went to their house last year and when they played them and the, the game ended this, the way that those two games, the script that those two games followed was so bizarre and how similar they were where the chiefs dominated the first half. Patrick Mahomes looked really good. The second half, just nothing happened. If there's one game that Carlos Dunlap may pay more than 35% of the snaps, my money would be on that one because he spoke yeah. about it during his media that he knows that they're on the schedule and that meant something. And we've spent 10 years there. So, oh, yeah. You know, that's got to, that's got to mean something. I'm excited to see what he can do. We haven't really seen him in, in full pads yet. And, you know, it's, I don't know if he'll play much in the preseason, but here's a, here's a question about the preseason from Mike Chanel, the Fields Denny. Um, does QB one get a little extra run in the first couple preseason games to let him get live reps with the new skill players? That's an interesting question. I don't know if it's more reps, but there may be more plays that are designed or scripted to answer that particular question. I don't think it necessarily has to be more snaps or more time as much as it is the plays that are called are going to fit more of that. Whereas if you had four brand new offensive linemen, you might throw some more running plays in there. So those guys get used to each other in live reps for the same point. Um, get some more passing plays, quick passes, um, some of those zone drops to so that reading the leverage, some of those 
check routes, um, option routes that the receivers run where you need to make sure that your quarterback and your receiver see things the same way as the play develops. Cause that's how a lot of these, you know, concepts uh, are run within the chiefs offense. So you want to see that they can read things and see the same things together, which is why them going down to Texas is so important. Um, to just get on the same page and, and talk through how they see things and reading where the linebacker safeties, uh, when to sit, when to cross into the next window, um, those kinds of things. But yeah, I don't know if it'll be more snaps necessarily, uh, as much as it is just being really intentional with the plays that are called. Yeah. A, a more quality over quantity type of, uh, type of play. So we'll see, uh, anything that Andy Reid says in the press conference regarding preseason games too, is like, Oh yeah, they'll play, they'll play a series <laughs> or like they'll play a quarter, just cut it down to a series, just like cut it in half. That's what I've learned. Especially <laughs> if they go down and score. I think yeah. I've heard other teams have done that before too, where it's like, Hey, you'll get a half. And then the second quarter, they'll be like, Hey, if you score a touchdown on this drive, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, all right, let's go get a touchdown. Uh, and they go talk with uh, Matt McMullen or Kenny Checks, the new sideline reporter for the Chiefs preseason games. So yes. it's great to see from Kansas City, NFL Network. It's awesome. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yes, that is that is really good. Uh, here's a question, uh, Nick Dahl. Who are your favorite K State players to watch? Um, I think for me, it's going to be Adrian Martinez. I just want to see what he does at quarterback. Um, you know, you got Echo Boydo, another one who's really good. I've 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 learned a lot about K State by just listening <laughs> to those guys talk. Um, and then you've obviously got the Big Twelve Player of the Year. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, oh, I'm not gonna Deuce, try to pronounce his name. And Deuce Vaughn. He's um, calling King Felix. Is what you call him. That's he's like in Doke something. Okay. But uh, yeah, I think King, I, King Felix. Yeah. Week two game is going to be good. It's going to be a good matchup. It's going to be good for both teams. Um, BJ, oh, who yeah? do you think? <laughs> yeah. That'll be a fun. I'm going to watch that game with you, Tucker. Okay. Um, it's stadium. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Martinez. I mean, I think yeah. you've got arguably guys who are in the conversation for the big 12 offensive player of the year and Deuce Vaughn uh, granted Texas running backs pretty good while they're still in the big 12. Um, but you got Deuce Vaughn who's going to be in that conversation at least. And same thing with King Felix is the you know preseason defensive player of the year. So um, those two are the obvious ones, but then Adrian Martinez is pretty obvious too, but Adrian Martinez, I don't think he's said things to intentionally inflame Nebraska fans. But the way that he's talked about why he came to K-State, and this is the most talented team that he's played on, um, I'm not saying it's writing checks that he has the cash or not, but it it's putting a spotlight on him even more than just being a quarterback in general. 
and K-State, there's a lot of optimism about what K-State can do. I mean, they always talk about BB left tackle being one of the top three or four left tackles in all of college football. I mean, this guy's a top two round draft pick um, as of right now. So uh, there's a lot of reasons to be excited about K-State, but all eyes are going to be on the quarterback and what they can do. And if he plays well, uh, they could make some noise and make a little run to disrupt um, some things within that conference. 100%. 100%. I think uh, some of my buddies were talking about it. I said K-State, Oklahoma State. is That's my Big 12 championship game prediction. So I think that, that that's very realistic. Um, Texas I'll, watch that game be- with, I'll watch that game with Joel Penfield. There you go. Our friend over on the Royal side. It's an Oklahoma yeah. State guy. Live watch. Uh, Dave asked, we be concerned that by moving money in Kelsey's contract around, he could be retiring sooner than later. Listen, I think that that is a possibility. But BJ, what do you think? Um, I have no idea. These are, these are the things where you want to grasp at straws and we want to guess on why they did it. It may have just been the fact that Kelsey, I think I read this somewhere. He had never been the highest paid tight end in football right? ever. And he's the best tight end to ever play the game. And that is absolutely crazy. And maybe they just had some extra money. Uh, the way the salary cap works that the chiefs have some brilliant people with Brant and Chris and those guys behind the mm-hmm. scenes working on that stuff that maybe they just wanted to reward a guy that's done everything that you've asked. That's gone about, being a professional um the way that you've asked and the way that he invests into the younger guys much like we're seeing from frank clark after practice travis has been doing that throughout the years as well and he's an example for a lot of young guys and sometimes you just want to keep those guys happy you want to reward those guys um so that could be it or it could be moving some money up because he's not sure if he wants to continue playing and you know i'm not saying that that's not it we're not gonna know you know they're not gonna come out and say this is exactly why we did this um but i wouldn't be surprised either way. I strongly believe if his body can hold up and nobody would know that better than Travis and uh, you know, the athletic training staff, which the chiefs have a phenomenal group there with Rick and everyone. But um, you know, I think his game translates really well to getting older. If his body can yeah. hold up much like we saw with Antonio Gates, uh, Travis Kelsey can run a wide stick at 45 years old. Like he can read a defense, turn one way, make a catch, turn up field for a few yards. Um that translates. Does he want to continue playing? I have no idea. That guy could probably make more money not playing football right now in yeah. media than he could playing the game. Chiefs go win a Super Bowl. Not going to blame him for walking away. He's the greatest tight end to ever play. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer, and he's going to get more money taking care of his body, flying around, talking to the media, and all the fun stuff that he can do. Mm-hmm. Um, that dude is going to be a fun to watch when his playing career is over. Biased, I hope it's not that soon i want to see him shatter every record that there is out there um but yeah that guy's given everything he has and i'll keep supporting him before and after he does it i think that was kind of the thing is that he he went on kind of a media tour i don't know if you can necessarily call it a media tour but he was in front of the media a lot this year kind of planting some seeds is what people people are trying to connect some dots here maybe some dots that don't need to be connected but um i i definitely think that like you know his body his body's not getting any younger so it's definitely a possibility and it's something that, that, that to think about here uh, let's see here. Oh, this is a good one from Willie Yoder. Can we get KCSN death row shirts with Chanel Gay Bolt and maybe Brian <laughs> Cook on them? <laughs> we'll get there. We'll get. We have, some, we have some news coming out on Saturday about T-shirts. So if you're hanging around whenever this podcast comes out, um, we've got some news coming out uh, on Saturday. And stay tuned. That's professional tease. I was like. Pro tease right there. Okay, let kind me, of depends gotta, when you. Tucker really depends when you post this episode. It's gonna it's gonna be out on. <laughs> you got a lot. Um, you got a lot going on. But yeah. Um, okay. Let's see. Let, let's do a couple more here. Let me pick out some good ones. 
Here, this one also is from Abe Foreman. Hall of Fame guys on the team right now: Andy Reid, Mahomes, Kelsey. Those are locks. I think we can we can all yeah. say that those are locks. He says, "Call your shot." Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, Juan Thornhill. Oh man, it's hard for offensive linemen anyway. It um, is. It's very hard. Creed Humphrey is one of the best, if not the best, center in football right now. Uh, if he stays healthy and the chiefs run off a few super bowls that he's a part of Mm -hmm. Uh, of those guys. That would be the one that I would say the most, just because he's still younger in his career. Um, He's the best at his position. And that's kind of already kind of known with offensive linemen. It's really hard for those guys to get noticed nationally. I think a lot of people have done a good job of talking about Creed and like it or not, that stuff matters with hall of fame voting, especially for offensive linemen. you got to be known. And so of those three, I would say Creed, um, but Trey Smith's the best draft pick in Brett Veach's tenure, you know, outside of Mahomes and that whole separate conversation that yeah. you can have. But um, Trey Smith's the best draft pick he's made. He's good. To get him in the sixth round, too, is just like, oh, my gosh. Uh, I can remember watching him with Duke. And and watching and like seeing him fall because I think he was projected as like a third rounder. That was before people really knew about like his his blood clot condition and just kept seeing yeah. him fall to the sixth round. I was like, oh my gosh, oh that's great. But here's one from Leighton E44 BJ. What's your take on the basketball rivalry in the KCSN Lab Group? Do you know about this? Do you know about the the pickup basketball rivalry? I don't. I've seen. I've heard a little bit about it, but I need some more context. Tucker. So. It was, Kent and I were on 21 questions. Maddie asked a question that said, um, game to 21, twos and threes, what's the line between me and Kent? So Maddie and Kent, and I gave and I gave Maddie three points, as favored at three points. Maddie was offended because I he thought I should have gave him more. Kent was offended because uh, I should have favored Kent, obviously. Um, so they all think that they can beat each other in one-on-one basketball. I think Maddie just beat him up. You know, he does get down to the block and, but Kent's going to be quick. And Kent just seems like a guy who's just going to drain threes. I mean, he's a college quarterback. He's accurate. Like I can see Kent just getting Maddie a little tired. Maybe maybe those heavy defensive line legs uh, from back in the day for Maddie start to catch up to him a little bit, but let's be honest, like Maddie works out more than everybody else. So Kent may get pretty winded pretty quickly. So that's a fascinating, uh, thing but i don't think uh your reasoning should have should have offended anyone and to be honest there's only one way to find out so maybe next time we're in kc maddie maddie has already said he's buying a basketball and they're going to the nearest basketball court <laughs> and we should live to... stream this we're gonna live we really stream should uh, we just gotta get a hard right internet in line write that down um, tucker let's figure that out it. yep i'm on it um okay there's a few more here we're jumping around because there's a lot of questions this week um we'll just do rapid fire let's try to get to as many as we can okay here we go uh i like this one maddie j any new offensive packages this year in camp versus in years past yeah mccall harman was in the wildcat so i mean that was kind of exciting we not seen that That i mean maybe not with mccall but i think we've seen wildcat i think sky Moore moving around doing different things with him and his skill set pacheco uh but there are Hundreds of Andy Reid design plays that, oh. that we haven't seen. Uh, one former player, I'm not going to out him. One former player told me there was like 17 variations off one formation on a screen pass. It's like those tight end screen, like 
17 variations and we've seen like four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it might not be, it might be new to us, but it's not new to the guys who have been repping it. This one's from Kote 19. Uh, who leads the team in sacks at the end of the season? I'm going to put my, I'm going to stick my flag in Chris Jones. That's the dude who's been leading this team in sacks. Cause if you got guys come from the outside, they got to step up. Chris Jones will be right there. That's my reasoning. I'm going to go with George Karloftis. Let's go. I am going to go with George Karloftis. And this is Frank Clark has earned some respect around the league. He comes out and is playing really well. He's going to get some attention. We know Chris is getting a lot of attention. And mine is purely off of that dude can get after the quarterback. And if you have to kind of pick your poison, I think they're going to challenge the young guy and then tell some offensive, some veteran offensive tackle. Um, you've got the young guy one-on-one. And so um, – I'm going to go with George Karloftis. I don't think it's going to be a lot. I think it's going to be spread around. I think he's getting like 16 sacks, but if you're telling me which guy is going to have 10 with a couple other guys around seven to nine, I would say George Karloftis is going to have 10 because a lot of his sacks too are second, third effort. Um, And with Chris just in his awareness, spatial awareness, you know, field awareness of where the ball's at. um, I could see him uh, being the beneficiary of a lot of pressures and hurries from Chris Jones and company. Double-digit sacks would have got him number one in the team last year. Um, so Chris Jones with nine led the team. I believe Frank Clark was second with four or something. Hey, Maybe four and a half. Four yep. and a half, okay. Uh, I, I've looked at that number a lot recently, and I don't know why that I've looked at that list. I know that Carlos Dunlap's six sacks would have been second on the team. And we had 31 as a team, which was dead. 31 on the team, which was dead last in the AFC and 29th in the NFL. I think we had 13 different players record a sack, too. They're 14 if you count half stacks, but um, there's yeah. also I think Leo good. Chanel. I think Leo Chanel is gonna have at least five. That was That's a question my... that Maddie and I had a couple weeks ago. Like, how many people sacks. are gonna record a sack? And I think that, like, there's a possibility where you're looking at 20. Just, just wow, That's a lot of people. That's uh, Zach Easy Content Foe McGorkin he asked, Who will be the first person to throw a touchdown pass to Mahomes? I'm gonna say McCall Hardman. Okay, that also works. I just, I just need to see that, and I think that'd be awesome. (laughs) That we've seen Kelsey in the Wildcat uh, on the Mm -hmm. goal line, and we know he could throw the ball a little bit. Um, We'll see. It's like the uh, the Poe play where he just does a little jump shot. I could see, I could see that exact play happening. Bloated Tebow pass. Can the Chiefs D get to the middle of the pack in sacks this year? This is from No Chicken tonight, which is 40. Can they get 40 sacks as a team? We were just talking about sacks. I thought this was a good question to throw in here. Yeah, they had 31 last year, and they struggled, and they've brought in guys that can get after. I mean, between Karloftis, we just talked about Leo Chanel or Carlos Dunlap, and not that we didn't have guys last year. Frank's better, back, healthy. Um, Chris is going to be motivated. Um mm-hmm. So, and he's got help around him. There's more guys who can get after the passer, which helps everybody. So, yeah, I don't think getting nine more sacks with all the moves that they've made uh, as bad as they struggled last year is completely out of the question. This one's from just DRK. Another sack question. We just can't talk, stop talking about sacks. Over under 27 and a half sacks between Frank, Chris, Carlos, and George. That's four guys getting 27 and a half sacks. Uh, you're better at math than I am. That'd be seven, right? <laughs> On, yes, um, yes, that's a good go. line. I'll say it is over, a really though. good line. Yeah. I'll say over because I think I think George Karloftis will end up with like ten, and I can see Frank getting eight. And yep. so when you talk about Leo Chanel getting five, that's what twenty three. 
And then Carlos getting, he's going to get his six sacks. He's done it for 10 straight years. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah, I would say over. Yeah, I like it. All right. A couple more here. Um, I'm, this one, you don't have to answer this question. I just want to read it because it's from Christian Gumminger. Would Lightning McQueen buy car insurance or life insurance? Um, that's wow. a good question. I think the Casey Current tweeted that out. So, shout out to them. This we should do an entire podcast on this. I yeah, I don't think I don't think we have enough time on this podcast to I think it's life insurance. I think it is too. Um yeah. but maybe he needs both. An extended warranty, maybe. I don't know. Um Mike Denny, is it really easy for us to get hyped about the team saying they will make huge leaps in training camp? Or it's really easy for us to do that. Uh when we consider this year's camp to previous, do we have reason to be encouraged that the defense will legitimately be better? BJ, this kind of goes with your KCSN update that you were talking about yesterday where yeah. you look at the Sky Moore play and you're like, oh, that's a really cool play. But then you're like, wait a second. Why Where the hell is the defense? defense? Yeah. Uh, shout out the God, I think it's Chiefs of Holic, whatever the the, uh-huh. the meme underneath like is perfect. Because when I was working the Chiefs, it was easy because it was like, oh, I'm just going to pray like, Great offensive play. Uh, defense makes an interception. It's not a bad pass. Great defense. Because um, there's there's truth in all of it. But, uh, yeah, when somebody's that wide open, you don't really know what they're working on or what they're trying to do. Um, there's a lot of games and, and things that they set up intentionally with some of their play calls. You know, every time, every defense that's – defense coverage that's called against every offensive play that's called is set intentionally – for a reason like coach Reed knows what the defense is doing. Like he's scripting plays to see how things work. And so they're the rest of us are just guessing that's all any of any of us are doing. Right. And so, and we're not going to know. And that's kind of the fun part is everybody can disagree and come up with stuff. And people have more information than others, just about, you know, defensive s- schemes in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would always, you know, just reward the guys who made a good play. I would still do that now. Um, but yeah, there's definitely that, you know, somebody gets completely, if they're doing OLDL one-on-one and the def, like the offensive line keeps em- ending up on his back, like that's bad. Um, right. But it's also like, man, that guy's a monster <laughs> that's running over him. So yeah. uh, it's the beauty of, of training camp. And I think, as I said, on KCSN update, I think it just really tells you a lot about yourself. Mm, it does. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that people are feeling so encouraged about this team because this team is different. Uh, you know, there's no Tyree kill looks a little bit different on the offensive side of the ball. You got sky Moore, you've got MVS, you have Juju. This is the first time they've really had a revamped offense since Patrick Mahomes came as quarterback. Yeah. I think this is really the first time. And I think that's why people are getting excited about it. Juju coming out and making the big time plays that he did really early in yeah. camp, even before the pads came on, I think contributed to all of this. If he didn't make those plays, people would still feel optimistic. If you don't feel optimistic about Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Travis Kelsey, regardless of who else is out there, they're going to get guys who can make plays. You put those three guys out there, this offense is going to put up points. When we talk about struggling now, like, oh, I don't know if the offense is going to be, what are they going to be fifth in the league instead of <laughs> like first or second? They're still going to put up points. So for me, it's still the defense. It's still the young guys on that defense, the 
you know, Brian cooks, the Josh Williams, like those guys who are going to be out on the field, who are going to be tested. And now you have guys like Russell Wilson who can take advantage of young defensive backs and they understand how to play this game and they take advantage of it. It's those young guys on defense getting caught up to this game. That's going to be the determining factor of how quickly this team starts, because it's going to take some time. Those young guys are going to have some lessons learned early in this season and you got to give them a chance to develop. And they're not going to come out and play at all pro levels right off the bat. They're going to struggle. They're going to make mistakes. It could lead to some losses. As long as everybody stays healthy by the second half of the season, those young guys have some you know, NFL experience under their belt. It's going to make all the difference in the world. But nobody should forget that that also comes with mistakes being made. And that could lead to losses because of the margin mm-hmm. of error in the NFL is shorter. It's seven, eight plays a game tops are what dif- differentiates winning from losing. And everyone in the league in the division got better. So maybe instead of seven or eight, it's four or five plays that are going to make the difference in every single game. Yeah, totally agree. I think that's a good one to end on. Going to have some optimism going into the end of training camp. Listen, I think we're already over halfway through training camp. There's only a few days left of training camp when they're in St. Joe. They, They break camp August 18th. First preseason game, the 13th of August. Uh, against the Chicago Bears. It's a Saturday noon game, by the way. I looked that up and I was like, whoa, that's that's a weird time for a game. But okay, anyway, get you ready for college football because um, you're, you're going to see a lot of college players out there on, on Saturday. So make sure you're staying, sticking tuned to uh, what we're doing at KC Sports Network. We'll have something for you for that for that post game as well against the Chicago Bears. As always, thanks to our partner at MacDoodles. You can find anything from Holiday Distillery at MacDoodles as well. So make sure you go support the people who support us. MacDoodles, do, they do great work. I went down to the Osage Beach location. If you're going down to the lake, <laughs> that's where you have to stop. Uh, that is that is a, a good location there. And for Mac we, yeah. we can just put it out there. If you're going down to the shootout on August 27th that weekend, yep. mm-hmm. stop by the Osage Beach Macadoodles and come say hi. May have something for you. We, uh, but we will be down there recording live a 21 questions episode. I don't think we could do that without Craig. <laughs> Craig, mm-hmm. he will definitely be there for that one as he is uh, a Macadoodles um, supporter long before uh, the rest of us learned a lot about Macadoodles. But yes. they're coming to Kansas City, so everybody's going to know about him soon. It's blacked out from his schedule from Elon, so Elon cannot schedule him on that <laughs> day. So we appreciate you listening to 21 Questions. We'll be back next week with another full slate of questions. Until then, we'll talk to you later. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.